0: Andy Stanley's been in some hot water lately over whether or not he is affirming. A video came out from the Drive Conference. We reacted to most of it. It was a very interesting video. If you guys want to watch that, we'll try to pin it somewhere in the cards or in the end screen. But another video came out from over 10 years ago. And it's this very interesting video where he says something that I say that I say a lot and I hear pastors say a lot, which is Jesus came full of grace and truth, which is a great thing to talk about, grace and truth. Uh, but the way he tells the story is very fascinating. He says some very shocking things, and he brushes over some things in a very nonchalant way. That I watched this. It took me a back. And the question is, has this been his position all along? Mm. Andy, you got to tap in, man. This is very interesting in the way he kind of glosses over some of this stuff. And uh, I wanted to share with you guys. I wanted to react with you guys to this conversation. So let's jump right into it, Zach. So this he's talking about the woman at the well and how – he uh, tells her to go sin no more, but he doesn't condemn her, and uh, it's a beautiful story from the Gospel of John. And listen to how he illustrates this in in his in his church. But and listen to the stuff he doesn't say and the stuff he does say. Go ahead.
1: Go and leave your life of sin. Okay, wait, wait, wait okay. It's, which way is it? It's like I don't condemn you, or you're a sinner. Yes, I don't condemn you. Now go and leave your life. Did you have to bring up the sin part? Yes. Well, then how can you say she's not condemned? Because this is how I love. I am the embodiment of grace.
0: So I, like, I love the setup, right? And this is from a message um, called When Gracie Met Truthy. All right? And... Uh, this starts so good, but then as he tells his story, it's so fascinating.
1: Difficult, difficult situations, and we say, God, we're not going to be just the truth church. That would be so easy, and I'm, I'm, I'm prone to be that way. I was brought up in the truth church, you know, and I'm good at it because I'm a good talker, and I can just make you feel bad or make you feel good or inspire you or, you know, I'm good at that. I, I can just get the Bible and pound you over the head. None of you are smart as me anyway when it comes to the Bible. You wouldn't know better, you know, and you go home and go, Yikes. I don't know. He said this in the Greek and the Hebrew. I don't know, you know, so I, you know, I, I get the truth part. You know, I like that I'm principle and exhortation, you know. But when it's me that's, you know, in trouble, I like, you know, I like the grace part. So we're, we're, we're conflicted <laughs> like Jesus. You know, you're, Whoa, you're Pause to- it. Pause
0: it. Pause it. That was quick. We're conflicted like Jesus? I still don't understand I what think, he's
2: trying to say.
0: I think I got to hit him with a. <laughs> <laughs> we're conflicted like Jesus? No, no, no. Jesus was not uh, conflicted. Yeah. When you're full of grace and truth, like Jesus was, those aren't the, 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 there doesn't have to be cognitive dissonance there. Mm. Those things are both true. Jesus wasn't wrestling with that idea. No, Jesus didn't <laughs> wrestle with the fact that he was full of grace and truth. He just was Jesus full of grace and truth. right? So uh, so that was like, oh, why'd you say that? Why'd you say that, Andy? That' was like the first thing that I was like, oh no, all right, keep going.
1: That's you know in trouble. I like you know, I like the grace part. So we're, we're, we're conflicted like Jesus, you know, where you're, you're trying to figure this out and it's messy, it's messy. And so kind of one story that I, I just, here's, here's where we land. I, years ago, when we first started the church, I met a family in our children's ministry, a husband, wife and their <laughs> elementary school age daughter. And uh, we got to be friends and meal together. I did Rachel's. a couple of funerals for um, parents and just, you know, not super best friends, but knew them, tracked with them, knew what was going on, see them at church. About five, five and a half years ago, she discovers that he's in a relationship with another guy. Oops.
2: That is so debaucherous. Now, now here's the thing. This is heartbreaking, even for these stick figure people on the, the screen. The stick
0: figure thing is is emphasized. <sighs> look at this kid. This kid's split. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I have a solution to all of this at the end of the video. I'm going to fix it for all for all of us. Okay. You just got to watch till the end of the video. Okay. So this is again. This is 10 years old from Andy Stanley. Okay. So let let's keep going.
1: And it's. Devastating, of course, and it breaks her heart. And there's, you know, there's just the deceit and all the stuff that goes with with those kinds of things. And of course, confusing for their daughter and embarrassing. It's just, it's just, it's just a big mess. So she gets an attorney. Um, you know, and, and to their credit, they ask the attorney to represent their daughter so that, however this worked out, it would be best for her. So a single attorney worked this out, and in six months they're divorced and there's all the shrapnel and all the wounds and all the betrayal and all the confusion and all the you know all that's all there you've been through that you've seen it you have family members whether wh- whatever kind of divorce it is it's just all there and it's as painful as it can possibly
0: pause it even that like even the way he's talking about this
2: acting like divorces should be, is like normal a little bit
0: this ain't normal bro that's what that's what I was getting from this I was like what? Like This is this is not normal. This is not how God designed it. This is not God's heart. This is not God's ways. Nothing about this is normal. When something that happens like that, it's time to condemn it. It's time to be from yeah. the stage and be like, this is horrible. Bro, I've lost close friends. I have had two close friends that I cut off because they divorced their wife without grounds. Mm. If there's anything to call somebody for church discipline for is when you divorce your wife without grounds. And one of them legit got called for church discipline and got kicked out. Like was like, we think you should find somewhere else to fellowship here because you're not submitting to our eldership and our leadership, and uh, this isn't a good place for you. He literally got kicked out of the Sheesh. church, you know what I mean? Because he divorced his wife without grounds. Wow. He won't
1: B. And then some months after the divorce was finalized, he shows up here at our North Point campus with his partner, and Whoops. she's here, and it, it was either Easter or Christmas. I can't remember. It was a, it was, it was a big Sunday, and she is mad. Three syllable mad. Okay, she is uh, uh, upset. She is, you know, she's like you would feel if it was you or your sister or your daughter. And it's like, and she got in his face and she said, "Look, this is my church. You know, you cause this problem. You go to any church you want to in Atlanta, but you can't come to this is my church. I need a worship free, I need a trauma free zone, and so you go somewhere else." And basically, she kicked him and his partner out of our church. And
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Be a be have Ooh. dignity, and you don't need to like your your ex wife, yeah. This ain't your, your church
0: no more, yeah, bud.
2: Your ex wife and your daughter go to this church every Sunday that you used to go with them, and now you're bringing your your like your boy toy around, yeah, yeah, and, and acting yeah. like you, you deserve it's just normal, to be there, which is good. Like, even out of just respect for like your whole family and yeah. your kids, be like, you know what, I'm interested in church, I'm gonna go to a different church though.
1: So they left. Well, as you know, we have lots of churches in the city of Atlanta. And as it turned out, they decided to attend a different one of our churches. And it was the one that, li- that was closest to them. So they attended Buckhead Church. Okay. And as the story goes, the very, if I remember this right, the very first Sunday they showed up at Buckhead Church was our strategic service Sunday. And a strategic service Sunday, we spend the entire time recruiting people to volunteer. And I, you know, I cast a big vision and, you know, we're going to change the world. Come help us change the world. And so my friend's partner, Said, hey, I like this church. I think we should get involved. So on the first Sunday they're there, they go down and sign up to, to be in strategic service and join a host team, one of our guest services teams. Well, a few weeks go by and I'm checking on her. How's it going? She said, it. Oh. So
0: so now we have confirmation that they, you know, folks of that community are allowed to serve in their church ten years ago. While actively in a in a relationship. While actively and openly in a relationship. Okay.
1: Good, you know, we talked about the, you know, she kicked him out of the church and how's that going, you know? And and She said, well, the, the good news, I guess, is that they're back in church. I said, oh, great, where? She said, they're going to Buckhead Church. She said, and then she kind of chuckled. And She said, not only that, they're serving. I said, really? She goes, yeah, they joined a host team. Now, what I knew, and I double-checked with her to make sure I was correct, was the last I, where we had left off, was he, my friend's partner, and he's a friend now, but back then not so much, my friend's partner was still married. And so I said to her, I said, now, he's still married, right? And she said, yeah, the divorce is taking longer than they expected, It's kind of getting dragged out. So I called my buddy and said, Okay, I know things have been awkward, you know, between us, but look, uh, and and I'm glad you're in church. That's a good thing. And I'm glad you're at one of our churches. You know, that's a good thing. But your partner, he's he's still married. So, see, this is just good old fashioned adultery. Like, you're in a sexual.
0: I'm hot, son. (laughs) Notice that he calls him out and says, Hey man, this is good old fashioned adultery.
2: What about the other thing? <laughs> what about the part what pretend, pretend? What about leaving your wife for a man? Pretend the cheating never happened
0: and they walk in. Yeah. Is is that okay? <laughs> this is good Yo, listen, I know you I know you and your wife split up because you met a man, but because he's married? Bro, this is good old fashioned adultery. You can't, Andy, 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 fix it. Andy, you have to fix this. Yo, I, I, Andy, please, you have to fix this.
2: It's not just, it's not just the LGTV thing. Yeah. It's not just that. Yeah. You, you're literally leaving yes. your daughter. It's not, yeah, it, it's you're Suffer for the gospel. Yeah. You're leaving your commitment. Suffer for Jesus. <laughs> yes. Deny yourself. Restraint. You're leaving your commitment that you made before God, which you were still going to church. Right. So you you believe that it's more than just a, a contract. Now you it's believe just, God's cool with yeah, it. Yeah, it's more than just, well, it's more than just paper, marriage to you. It's more than just paper because you're still going to church. Yep. Right? So you do believe that you said all these things at the altar with your wife. Now you're taking it back yep. with a kid. Yep. And then living in sin, multiple levels. Yep. And then still attending church. And I I want to wear this. Goes. Yeah. I where, someone said no should, no uh, no one should be kicked regardless of the situation. No one should be kicked out of a church because of their sin. In the chat, what do you think of that?
0: No, that's just completely wrong against scripture. Yeah, First Corinthians chapter five. 1 Corinthians chapter five describes a person in the church who has affluence and some degree of status being told by the Apostle Paul himself to be handed over to Satan. Okay. Because of their sin, he says y- y- God's going to judge those outside the church. Which, which is, we we also have to apply this aspect of it. Yes, God's going to judge those outside the church. You judge those from within the church, mm-hmm. right? So, so, so that's a and both. Right? This situation's from within the church. So, when a situation's happening within the church, you absolutely should kick certain people out for certain things. Absolutely. And I would say sexual immorality is one of them. I would say divorcing and abandoning your family. I would say the dude abandoned his family. He definitely left his kid, which we've talked about. How We just did the video, Patrick with David, talking about how significant a father in the home is to the kid.
1: I said, so you can't be on a guest services team. Okay. This is, you're just living in, you know, this is, this is clear. Okay. You can't do this. And he, you know, he, he, he's, he said, you know, I, I get this. He said, well, and, and it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. He said, well, he's married, but he's almost divorced. Okay. We're all, he's almost divorced. They're at the very end. I'm like, you can't be almost divorced. Okay. You're married or you're not. As long as he's married, you can't serve on a, host, on a guest services team. And so I kind of, you know, pause it. Him
0: on. As long as he's married. This should tell you the parent, Andy, Andy, respectfully, bro. This should tell you the paradigm of the type of people you're dealing with. Someone that is trying to rationalize. Like they're trying to rationalize adultery, but you're glossing over the other thing. Yeah. This should tell you the, the ideology of the person you're dealing with. Every, yeah. It's all gray and blurry. There's no hard lines.
1: My partner, he's going to be really upset about this because he loved the church and he loved the fact that we we're going to be able to connect. I said, well, you know what, I'll, I'll talk to you. If you guys want to come in, I'll, I'll talk to you about this. So they came in to see me. Now, a few weeks ago, during the Ann Rice message, I introduced some of you to a new word. The new word was disputatious, okay? disputatious. So when they came to see me, the three of us had a disputatious conversation. It was really, really awkward and bad. And to, the, to, our, you know, to my friend's partner's defense, it's because they showed up at Buckhead Church and they never saw me down there except on a screen. And so he said, how can you kick me off out of a church? You're not even the pastor there.
0: Again, again, more telling you what kind of paradigm and worldview you're dealing with. This is not a paradigm that wants to put God in his rightful place. This man is saying, this is the church Andy built to tens of thousands of members. And the guy's like, how dare you kick me out? Every week for multiple (laughs)
2: services.
1: Let me give you the name and number of the pastor at Buckhead Church, and you can call him and talk to him about this. All of our churches have different pastors. And so I gave him Jeff Henderson's name, and I called Jeff and said, someone's going to call you. It might be disputatious. And so to their credit, to their credit, because who's got time for this, they talked to Jeff, and Jeff said, "As long, you know, you're married. This is just adultery. You can't serve on a just, gift services team.
0: This is just adultery. Come on, man. Fix it, Andy. The kid is still left alone in this Poor little Poor kid. Space. Look at this kid. Go ahead.
1: And so, understandably, they um, left the church. And you know what? If I were them and saw the world the way they saw it at the time, I would leave to Who wants to go to a church that says, Oh, we want you to come help us. Oh, you can't help us. So they left the church. And that was the end of that. I, I would see this gentleman every once in a while. He did contract work uh, for a company we worked with. But it was awkward, awkward, awkward.
0: Yeah. So from time to time. Uh-huh. Pause it. Yep. It should be. It yep. should be uncomfortable should be, when you're living in unrepentant
2: sin. Yes. It should and be pull, and pulling up to a place that does not put up with unrepentant sin yep
1: would check in with his ex-wife you know how's it going how you know how are things going and i noticed something interesting as time went by and this is over the course of about three years as time went by she began to significantly soften toward her ex-husband and his partner and next thing i knew they were she said hey we're i'm cooking for everybody for easter and i'm like who's everybody <laughs> well my daughter my ex-husband his partner hey i'm having everybody over for you know a christmas thing or mother's day thing i'm like who's everybody My daughter, my ex-husband, his partner. And then eventually, you know, she began to date a guy named Doug who's a great guy. And and so all of a sudden there's another guy in the scene. Who 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 are you, you know, who's coming over? Well, you know, my boyfriend, my daughter, my (laughs) ex-husband, and his partner. I'm like, wow, that's that's quite remarkable. Then another interesting thing happened. I was talking to her one afternoon and I was telling her about a special service we were have coming up. And she said, you know what? I think my ex husband and his partner, and of course she said their names, would enjoy that. I think I'm going to invite them to church. Now, this is the woman who kicked them out of our church. And so she said, I, I'm going to invite them to something. They should go to Buckhead Church to, to, to experience all that. I said, great. So the next Sunday, they showed up to the church that I had made them feel so awkward about attending. And I would have felt awkward too, but they came back anyway and as i monitored and asked lots of questions there was a constant moving together and her ex-husband where'd the
0: new baby come from <laughs> the, new, the new child andy, you missed oh yo you can't gloss over a new baby <laughs> was this baby adopted was this baby was it a new kid it's, they a, had? it's on
2: the side of the uh, i bet it's a, a stepdaughter a stepdaughter to, to, so to there's a, a stepdaughter the to, it
0: was a daughter previously from andy the, the you new got boyfriend. andy you gotta slow down you gotta slow down and explain how there's a new baby yeah where'd the new baby come from bro <laughs> Keep going.
1: Partner was very helpful as they dealt with something with a daughter as it related to an educational academic transition and this went on and on and they moved closer and closer and closer together and, and so one day I said I said look this is so unusual because we deal with divorces and betrayal all the time and it you know it just explodes all over the place and everybody's so wounded you know the end I said what has happened in you and here's what she said she said you know right after the divorce I went to Oasis. Oasis is our, um, our uh, divorce recovery ministry for people who've been through divorce. She said, I went to, through Oasis. And she said, there was a woman in our Oasis group that was so angry and so bitter and just spewed venom about her ex-husband. And she had been divorced for seven years. And she said, she was just as angry and bitter as, as the day that you know, she discovered what her husband was up to. And she said, one night as I sat and listened Pause to her- Pause it,
0: by the way. This is, uh, this is my mom, 100%. My mother, it venom. It's been like 32 years and she's still like, she's like, if dad still off. like, she's still the victim in the situation. <laughs> she can't be around my brothers and sisters. Like it's so bad. So <laughs> that's, don't, that's really don't sad. ever be this person. All yeah. right, go ahead.
1: You know, spew. I decided I am not going to be that woman. Well good. I am not gonna be.
0: She's the only she's the only semi-sane one in this entire story.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the one that's like, <laughs> no, you can't come
0: to the, our church. She's the only semi-sane. She's like, look, like, the church, the church is not going to do church discipline, so I <laughs> am <laughs> I am church discipline. I'm your elder. <laughs> you are I'm casting you away to Satan. You cannot come to church here. I'm living out first Corinthians chapter five. Yo, <laughs> yo. Keep going. <laughs> And so, and she would be allowed to remarry
2: because she was, she was, yeah, there was, she was cheated on. I would think so.
1: I decided the only way to avoid that would be to begin moving in the direction of my ex-husband and his partner for my sake, for our daughter's sake, for his sake, for the family's sake. And I, I was just astounded. And then this story ends with this past Christmas. I got a call about a week before Christmas. We had lots of extra Christmas services and, you know, people going crazy and everywhere. And, and they had been attending his her ex-wife and his partner had been attending Buck, Chir- Buckhead Church ever since. You know, she invited him back to that service. And she said, "We want to all come to Christmas service together. Would you save us some seats?" Now we don't allow saving of seats, but I know people, okay? <laughs> and so I said, "Of course." And so I asked George. George helps us here on our North Point campus save seats. And I, I said, "George, I need I need six seats." I said, "Well, I'll ask her first. I said, "Who's coming?" She said, "Well, um, my boyfriend, his daughter, me, my daughter, my ex-husband, and his partner. I need six seats." And so, you know, halfway in our first Christmas carol, I'm sitting here, I'm standing here in my corner chair, singing, looking up at the screen, I look across the aisle, and about four people down are my six friends, all singing Christmas carols together on the front row. And the only thing I could think was, modern family.
0: Yep, <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, that's, yep.
2: The only thing I could think is heartbreaking.
0: Heartbreaking, <laughs> modern family with preferential treatment and, and, and reserve seats while you normally don't reserve seats the marvelous glorious
1: messy pain-filled we'll get through this somehow i'm not going to be that woman it's our daughter microcosm of the church there it is truth with all its painful ramifications and grace with all of its healing power If you want to know what Jesus meant by what Jesus said, you watch what Jesus did. If you want to know what Jesus meant when Jesus said love one another, then you watch how Jesus loved.
0: When it comes to grace and truth, which I'm 100% for, and I love the articulation of that, and I have no problem with loving people the way we saw Jesus love people, the issue that is missing here is in telling people the truth, where is all of the preventative maintenance where is all of the, let's not let your life get to a place where you're married to someone that has these skeletons in their closet, no pun intended, that is then going to go out and, 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 and find another man and leave you. Why aren't we talking about the preventative side of this? See, the, the thing with, with Andy, and I love Andy, I really do, but the issue here is when we just share the grace aspect. We forget that grace compels us to not live like complete and utter derelicts. We should, no fault divorce, all of the stuff that we're seeing in the world, this should not be happening in the church. We are heirs to the king. We are a part of a kingdom. We should act like it. We should look different than the world because we serve a good God. And so the frustrating part about this is, this is a, a, a cute kumbaya story of how messy life is, but what are we doing to prevent this sort of mess? Are we equipping women to be like, look ladies, y'all need to sniff out some of them zesty guys because they, this might happen to you. You might need to be a bit more discerning and say, Maybe that's a bit too much lip gloss or chapstick. Maybe we need to be a bit more wise
2: with how we're positioning these things. Those inseam shorts were a little too inseam. Them them shorts was a little (laughs) too short. I know six, six inch inseam's in right now, but like. Fellas, I know she looks
0: good. I know she looks good. But she may not be good for you. And I know she looks good. But you got got to go do your own research and your own recognizance work of who she was in college. Oof. How many bodies does she have?
2: Well, I mean, if she wasn't saved, it's a different thing.
0: How many bodies does she have? (laughs) We have became so... Grace filled and merciful filled that we've completely lost any sense of discernment, any sense of any sense of wisdom in these situations. And so our churches look like this in some instances. And I tell you, my my church don't look like this. This kind of stuff don't happen in my church. And not to say that, that, that I haven't seen folks get divorced. I have. But you know what I did when my buddies who divorced their wives without grounds? You know what I did? This is a sickness of the highest order. When we lose any form of standard and we lose any form of conduct, this is what what the church turns to. And so should we create space for broken people? Yeah. With the caveat that they acknowledge that they're broken, not with coddling them and making it all okay and saying well you know that's good old fashioned adultery but we're going to ignore the other elephant in the room good old fashioned
2: adultery like
0: is, this is this is this is wild this is really wild and so that's the part is like yes we're saved by grace through faith and we're saved into a kingdom and the kingdom has a specific way that that is optimal to live where we honor the king with, with our lives, where we sacrifice our lives, where yes, some of us need to die to certain things because you've made certain commitments, you've made certain vows. So, guess what? That part in you, if you're in a situation like this, that has to die. That has to die. If you want what's optimal for your family, if you want what's optimal for all the, that, you gotta figure out the, that, got, you gotta put that to death. I know it's hard. I know we got different crosses. My cross ain't that big. It's still hard. I understand people got different crosses they got to bear. Or don't put yourself in a situation where this can turn into your family, and then a pastor has to use you as an illustration to make it co- seem how cool and progressive you are with this LG TV community. Like this Whoa. is so backwards, man. It's so backwards. It's so asinine, and it's and it's frustrating that um, it, it it doesn't, in my opinion. And I, and and again, I've never heard of of Andy Stanley. From the pulpit. I've listened to quite a bit of Annie Sanders, but now as I'm thinking back, like I don't remember him talking about restraint. I don't remember him talking about delaying gratification. I don't remember him talking about dying to sin. I don't remember him talking about putting your flesh to death, crucifying your flesh. I don't remember any of these messages from him. And why the heck is it only the Calvinists that talk about this stuff? Why is it only the Lordship Salvation guys that talk about this stuff? Why are we talking about the benefits of, hey, you should lay down your life for the gospel because it's in your best interest, because it's in your best interest to put in certain things to death that are going to harm you, that are going to hurt you, that are going to hurt your family. I don't understand this. Why is it just like John MacArthur and Vati Bakum? Like, why are they the only ones talking about this stuff? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. I think we need to we need to have more honest conversations and say, hey, man, like, yeah, you could do that but that's going to come with consequences. That's going to come with... And, and and trust me, anytime I've ever seen anyone do this, anytime I've ever seen any man do this sort of stuff to their family, it has came with consequences. It's came with consequences. And it's it's dangerous. So, <clears throat> Andy, fix it. Andy, please fix this. Please fix this. You got to fix this, bro. You, you either got to fix your theology um, or something because this easy... This 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 is this this easy cheap grace aspect of it is um this is going to get people hurt. This is going to get people hurt. This, this this is going to cause more stuff, more issues. I think people need to be equipped to be shrewd and to be wise so that we can prevent situations like this from ever happening so that families don't got to get torn apart. And how we deal with it if it comes to this I I don't know. I, I I I think we 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 can cross those bridges as we get there. But I don't think that's how we deal with it. I don't think we we uh, point out the tr- the good old fashioned adultery, but ignore the hey you left your wife for a dude. Like this is this is why, and this is ten years ago. He said this stuff ten years ago. It makes me rethink everything. Yikes! It makes me rethink.
2: You're gonna rename your.
0: your I got to rename the album. <laughs> I did a whole album called Do for One that came out in 20, uh, 14, 2015. This is after that, you know. And I, I met this man, so I don't know, man. And it, it, it's so subtle, and it's like, how close can I get to the line without fully crossing it? You I mean, know, that's
2: fully crossing it, if I've ever seen it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's so I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Am I tripping? Um, am I? I want I, I want to know. I've had some cool conversations offline about this topic. It's a polarizing topic. I get it, and I'm not saying that we need to ostracize and mistreat people from the LGBTQ community. That's not what I'm saying either. Those people need to be treated with dignity and respect. But what I don't think is that we need to tell people who are dealing with something the scriptures are clear is a sin and lie to them in the same way we we need to not tell 40% of americans who are morbidly obese that they're uh, uh, healthy at every size especially when they're in the church especially when they're in the church cuz listen to me you can't be healthy at every size okay in the same way that you you this is not lined up with scripture okay it's not lined up with natural law it's not okay now uh, if you are overweight, I'm still going to love you. I'm going to welcome you in. But I'm not going to coddle you and lie to you and say you could be healthy at every size. You can't be healthy at every size. Yeah, It's not possible. Our friends at GenuCell Skincare have exciting news to celebrate in 2023. Using the during my showers after workout has given me much more confidence. And that's where Mud Water comes in. True Classic has got your back. All thanks to the sponsor of today's video, SayMine.com. Established Titles is your opportunity to earn the title of Lerdo. and early access to our podcast interviews, all starting for only $5 a month. Kingstream Entertainment.